What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and today I am joined by just one of my gaming dads, but also one of the coolest dudes on planet Earth. It's Paris Lilly and Khalif Adams. Dudes, welcome back to another week of podcasting fun and talking all things Xbox. Paris, how are you? It's been a week. <laughs> Good. Paris, it's been a heck of a start to the new year. I, I, I will say this because uh, to, to get this, because I know what we're going to dive into on the show. I was able to go to the Halo uh, season two premiere here, yep. here in Los Angeles the other day. Got to see Kiki Wolfkill there. Got to see, oh, is it Pablo Schreier? I believe that's his name, who's playing Master Chief. Fantastic production that they did. That, that first episode was amazing. Really loved it. I, I think anybody that was coming off of season one questioning what they were going to do with season two. You're gonna love it. Visuals improve, story improve. Like it's it's good. I'm I, I'm genuinely excited to see where the story is going uh, in season two. Well, I'm glad that you went to the big premiere. I'm glad that you had some positive thoughts about that. You and I will talk about that in the coming weeks because I cannot wait to watch the opening episodes of season two because I was teasing Master Cheeks pretty hard during season one. So I am looking for a big turnaround for this team. Uh, of course, today we are joined by Khalif Adams in the building. Ka, how are you, big dog? Good to be with you, fam. I'm happy they popped the smoke in the studio because I'm ready for all the smoke on the show today, baby. Let's go. Uh, yes, it is going to be a smoked-filled episode because it was been, it has been a wild week. It has been a wild start to the new year, and I'm going to fill you in on all of that because, of course, this is the Kind of Funny X-Cast. We post each and every Thursday at 6 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time on kindoffunny.com or youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and, of course, on podcast services around the globe. If you love what we do, please think about supporting us here at Kind of Funny with the new Kind of Funny membership available on Patreon and on YouTube where you can get all of our shows ad-free, watch us as we record them live, and get your daily exclusive show Greg Way, where Greg tells you about his day. Of course, we'd like to thank those who support us over on Patreon, like our Patreon producers, Carl Jacobs, Streaking Ain't Easy, and Delaney Twining. Thank you so much for your support. This week, the Kind of Funny X-Cast is sponsored by the new Kind of Funny merch. I'll tell you all about that in just a little bit. Let's jump into it. Let's talk about the smoke. Let's talk about the questions, and let's talk about what the heck is going on with Xbox. Because as you know, we started off the new year with some rumors, some possibilities of Hi-Fi Rush, maybe going to PlayStation 5 and Nintendo Switch. Then there was some conversations, well, Sea of Thieves was possibly in the mix. And then we put those rumors to the side because we celebrated Microsoft and Xbox as they brought us a brand new developer underscore direct. And we thought all things were great. Indiana Jones, Hellblade 2 and beyond. We were having fun. But then rumors came back around Paris Lily, and they became even hotter, okay? We were talking Indiana Jones. We're talking Starfield. We're talking even bigger possibilities like Gears and Halo, and they were coming from some reputable sources. Tom Warren at The Verge was talking. Jeff Grubb was talking. Xbox Era kicked all of this off, and it has led to a wild start of 2024 for Team Green, and it has led to a wild week in the Twitterverse, if you were on social media and part of the Xbox community, it has been a wild ride. And so, of course, I want to talk about the possibility of Xbox-exclusive titles going third-party and being available on other platforms. I want to know, is it a slippery slope right now where maybe Xbox releases 
their exclusive games to other platforms. Maybe they get out of the hardware business. Maybe our Xbox game libraries are possibly gone with the wind. So let's talk about all that and more. Paris, I want to know your personal thoughts and the business side of things, because we're going to talk about everything. I'm sure we're going to jump from our personal feelings to then the business ideas of this. So let's go around the room. Paris, you start us off. How are you feeling about all this? So it's interesting, Mike, just when the rumors started over last weekend and obviously uh, accelerated throughout the week, um, you know, my, my opinion has pretty much stayed the same, but has kind of varied on the edges of it, right. Of, of what I think ultimately this will mean for Xbox and how, this is going to ultimately be perceived again we're talking rumors we're not talking facts here so i want to be crystal clear before i jump into this i've advised everybody wait wait until phil and sarah and matt booty or whoever's going to be at this business meeting tells us what the actual plan is there's been so much wild speculation around this that has a community in an uproar i and i don't think undeservedly so i do think people should have raised an eyebrow. I do think there should be some concern. I mean, there's clearly been some extreme examples of that, but I think the the speculation in the discussion is warranted until Xbox actually comes out and tells us what they're going to do. And with that said, don't do anything now that you'll regret that you might regret next week. That's all I'll say. But the point on where this is headed and Xbox bringing some of their games um, potentially uh, to other platforms. Um, I'll start off by saying they've always kind of told us this, but not the way that we're hearing it currently. They've always said we want to reach more people. They've obviously had Xbox play anywhere. They put their games on PC. They're putting their games on cloud, mobile initiatives, things like that. So they've always said we want to reach more people with our games. They've always told us that. So. If you remember, Mike, when we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, the early speculation about a hi-fi rush or a sea of thieves, I had even said then, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Hey, these are games. If you put them on other platforms, because these aren't the games that you're going to buy an Xbox for. It's the point that I was I was trying to make. Right. So if you put those type of games on other platforms, I don't really have a problem with that because the core games the games that you show up to buy an Xbox for are still going to quote unquote be exclusive to that Xbox ecosystem. And I think I even said then, if we start seeing the halos and the gears of the world going to uh, basically your main competitor's platform, now I can see people bringing out the pitchforks and being upset about that. So that's kind of where we are right now with the rumor and speculation, where there's been rumors of a Starfield, a gears, potentially a halo going to your competitor's platform and let's let's just kind of take it from there of what that that means again i'm talking from my personal standpoint here you're using the identity of what xbox is at that point if master chief the literal game that has defined xbox as a brand since 2001 that i can now play on my playstation excuse me, from an identity standpoint, I do not understand why you would continue to make Xbox hardware because people that now have a choice to say, well, if you're giving me all the prime Xbox games on my competitor's platform, why am I buying an Xbox hardware? I'll just buy a PlayStation and play them all there. That would be my initial thought when, when I hear something like that. I don't see 
what my incentive is to want to continue to invest in your hardware versus the competitors. I'll just, I'll just get a PlayStation at that point. So that's kind of where I've been going back and forth on this, uh, you know, on from a personal standpoint this week of, and I think I even tweeted this out, whatever this business meeting is going to be, I need clarification on what is the criteria for games that potentially would be going to your competitors' platforms. Show me why, or help me understand why, if you're going to continue to make Xbox hardware, why I would want to invest in that. What would be the purpose of me buying that hardware? And the third part of it would be digital preservation, because I think that's probably the biggest pillar here of everything. If I've been a, a longtime person that has invested in the Xbox ecosystem and I've been investing hundreds, maybe in thousands of dollars into your digital libraries, where's my guarantee, I guess, for lack of a better term, that that digital library is going to follow me beyond this current generation of Xbox hardware? Is it going to show up on a PC? Is it going to show up in the cloud? Will it go to PlayStation? You think about achievements, things like this. Those perks that I currently have in the ecosystem, if you're now putting those games on another platform, will that follow me there? Will I have the guarantee that my digital library carries on with me? You know, Phil has talked in the past at, at E3s about leaving no one behind. I want to make sure that I don't get left behind in that type of scenario, right? So I'm, I'm taking this from the standpoint of the console gamer because uh, the, the three of us here talking, we own everything. So, okay, whatever. I'll go play it on the PlayStation. I'll go play it on the PC. And I do think... That's where some of I've seen some of our colleagues that have spoken about this. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal if I can play Gears on a PlayStation. It is to that console person that can only buy one piece of hardware. They're trying to make sure that their investment is going to be secure. That is that they are being valued as a customer instead of just being told, well, think revenue has changed. Business has changed because again, it's moving into the business aspect of it. We need to pivot this way, basically, for the health of, of, of the brand, of Xbox, of Microsoft Gaming, whatever we want to call it. I understand these things. But then you've had people like myself, by the way, that have been there since 2001 of this brand. I have purchased every Xbox, every generation. I have invested in this ecosystem. I want to make sure that my investment, again, carries over. And again, I can be okay with that, me personally, because I can pivot, but not everybody can can do that. And that's kind of my biggest thing when when it when it comes to these rumors and speculation of what about the person that can't pivot? What about the person that has bought a Series X, that has bought a Series S, maybe multiple of those consoles? They have them in their home. It's what their family plays on. They want to make sure that that purchase isn't stopping in 2026 or 2027 that they can continue with confidence to buy Xbox consoles, to invest in the ecosystem, to subscribe to Game Pass, that their achievements all this time mattered, things like that. That's where I come from on a personal standpoint of looking at this. I just want to make sure that whatever they tell us next week, because again, we're talking about rumors, speculation, whatever they tell us next week, they are making sure that their core customers are being valued. 
That is my opening salvo. I'll stop there because I know we got a lot other to say. But I do want to make sure that we we pivot back into this because I know, Khalif, you and I have had some private conversations about this and you and I disagree on a certain point. But I'll stop there. I like that, Paris. And yeah, just to uh, make sure the audience is unaware, of course, these rumors did run wild. There was no word from Microsoft or anyone from Team Xbox for quite some time. And then we did get the official word from just Phil Spencer, who did put out the tweet that said, we're listening and we hear you. We've been planning a business update event for next week here or where we will look forward to sharing more details with you about our vision for the future of Xbox. Stay tuned. So that is supposed to happen next week. We will talk about that on the back half of kind of what our predictions will be of that, what we think they will say. But that is a very clear indication that something is going down. Of course, Cleef Adams, I want to hear your thoughts of what all of this means to you. I mean, I, 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 I mirror a lot of what Paris said in terms of the conversations for the folks who can't pivot, uh, what happens to the future of your box. You know, I, I personally believe that, like, we're probably one generation away from no more boxes in general, both on the Sony and on the PlayStation side. Hardware sales are kind of plateauing. We, you know, the, the idea that you're always going to make a box and start off in the black is, I mean, start off in the red. Is, is, is a part of the conversation that we've seen for multiple generations that has not really changed in any actual way. And we've seen Microsoft pivot with the ideas about playing in multiple spaces, putting the ability to play on your Samsung TV or on your, your Samsung monitor, you know, PC monitor to be able to have those things kind of integrated with Game Pass and other stuff like that already as a way to kind of potentially offset whatever that future is going to wind up being. But it winds up being a conversation for me about like, what are you actually missing? in in the grand scheme if you're an xbox fan in that way and a lot of the conversations i've seen on the internet over the past week or week and a half still haven't really given me a good uh answer to the idea of you're actually missing a ton uh if 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 some of these games move over and something that paris just said raised another uh eyebrow for me only though although i only have two um it is the is the is the like conversation of um uh what was the thing you just said it was basically around what happens when people lose that access to stuff right and i think the digital layer of it is going to be a big part of that conversation i think a lot of folks are still using physical uh, uh media i am all digital i haven't bought a physical disc in multiple generations at this point um so that's a big part of that conversation but the other part that i think is actually even more interesting is how do you if you're microsoft differentiate that messaging for the stuff that does go versus stuff that doesn't and you can't do the thing to be like if you're microsoft saying well these games you know hi-fi rush and all these other and, and potentially sea of thieves and all this other stuff we're not moving those games or we are moving those games because they are lesser than or have less kind of um uh, importance in our in our portfolio or any of that stuff right so like the xbox studio stuff of course, that's homegrown. Those are already ours. The studios that we own, we've already built. The other stuff that we've bought and purchased, some of those things we potentially move. But you can't, even if you're at that level of understanding that, sure, a game like a Hi-Fi Rush can be a title that moves in another space, you as a publisher can't say to other, to other teams and even to your own teams that you've not bought that your game isn't necessarily the biggest on the hill and that it does and that it isn't going to go because um or that it is going to go because it has less value with the portfolio 
So the way you internally message that and then externally share that is going to be a really big conversation to see where they go with that. If, you know, if the, the, the messaging is going to be on point and I don't know what that messaging looks like to satiate a, a fan base that has already been riled up by speculation and innuendo in that way. Right. So I don't know how you do that work in a way that doesn't diminish the brand in the actual way that it matters, which is telling the people who make the games that their games in their entire portfolio are not, you know, ha have the same kind of level of credence in that way. So there's, there's a, a, a bunch of parts to this that I think makes sense. We'll dig into the business if we have time for, for, for my stint. But I think from a personal perspective, I'm not worried about what you get on the other side, even as an Xbox fan, even as an Xbox owner. I'm not doing the look over the fence because I don't even know what that version of FOMO is because it's not even FOMO. You're not even missing out on anything. You already got the thing that you wanted and you purchased. So I don't understand what the energy is right now. It feels really weird to figure out what that's supposed to be and, and how do you kind of fix that for the fan uh, besides saying the biggest games that we already have purchased, uh, purchased from whatever studios we got or we know are coming down the line, those are going to stay on Xbox. The stuff that has kind of already been on the periphery in some of the larger parts of the portfolio may potentially move and you just have to eat the fact that people are going to be mad about that and, and and keep it moving and continue to try to figure out better ways to give value whether that be uh, additions to game pass i think the biggest addition that you can do is not even thinking about this generation but thinking about the generation coming and saying if we're thinking about having this conversation move multiple games to another platform we need to make sure that the hardware that we provide you in the next generation is better than whoever else is out there at that point. That's the only other way that you can balance that out in a way that makes sense to make sure that folks are going to stay in the pocket and, and stay and stay home. Paris, I know you have a couple of things to uh, bring up with that. Go for it. This is where we slightly disagree, my friend. What? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And, and let me try and bring in, and we mostly agree, but I, yeah. I kind of want to simplify it in this way. Exclusives. And this is where I say the messaging previously has told us that exclusives do matter. Mm -hmm. and, and if that message is changing, you need to be crystal clear as to why. I agree with you. I don't care if people get to play games on another platform. It does not matter to me personally. And you know, this is just my personal opinion. But you've, you've told your customer base that certain exclusives matter, and they matter in this sense. They matter that this is why I'm investing in your ecosystem, because Again, we saw that developer direct, and I definitely want to circle back to that developer direct at some point in this episode. But when I saw Indiana Jones, I looked at that and go, yeah, people going to go get an Xbox to play that. You know what I mean? There's games that I'm going to go, I'm getting this, this console or I'm getting into this platform because I have to play that game. If you take that incentive away, going back to your hardware standpoint, then what's the point? What's the point of hardware? In the sense that I don't care how powerful it is. I don't care if it's the Coleco 27X vision and you could be in the Apple Vision Pro and see it all in 4D. It doesn't matter if I don't have incentive to purchase that hardware when I can go purchase the other hardware and it's good enough. But now I have access to all the games on that platform. And again, trying to simplify this. This is the way I look at it, where I agree with you. If the messaging comes out that, you know what, purchase Activision. We purchased Bethesda. We are now the biggest publisher in the world, which I'm pretty sure they are. But you know what? Xbox Game Studios lives 
on Xbox Game Studios. There'll be a few exceptions to that rule. Your Minecrafts of the world may be a sea of these because it's a, a multiplayer game. But Activision games were already third party. They stayed third party. But as the games we've reconsidered. And now those will be third party games, but you get to play them on your Xbox platform along with Xbox Game Studio games and you get them on Game Pass. That still gives me an incentive to go want to buy the next Xbox and the one after that or whatever it's going to be. We're definitely headed towards an all digital future, by the way. <laughs> Excuse me. But that gives me incentive to want to still purchase Xbox hardware because I think, again, just my speculation. They want to keep a hand on the wheel as far as hardware goes. They don't want to have to just rely PCs or PlayStations or Nintendo Switches to deliver their games. They want to have a hand on that wheel so they can kind of push innovation toward, to your point, have the most powerful console, do something unique with your hardware that, again, gives people incentive to want to pick up your hardware and also pushes this industry forward from a technology standpoint. I definitely think Microsoft wants to do that, but none of that is going to matter if I can go play those games somewhere else, maybe even at a cheaper price, and it's only one box. That, that's what I'm saying when it, when, it, when it comes to that. If now I don't have to worry about, well, damn, I got to go buy a PlayStation. Damn, I got to go buy an Xbox. And, you know, all this. I just go buy a PlayStation. I'm good. I can play everything there and I have access to everything. So again, we're speculating here. We know nothing or I know nothing. I don't know, Khalif, you might, you got sources. I got nothing. But <laughs> to me, that just makes the most sense that whatever they're doing here, there still has to be some type of exclusivity there because if you lose it completely, why are you still making hardware? just be a third-party publisher at that point so we'll see but sorry I, uh, uh, again another salvo sorry uh barrett i'll kick it to you really quick director barrett on the ones and twos reading the chat while we do this live of course and also bringing in some questions that you may have if you super chat over on youtube while you're watching this live we'll get those read at the end of the episode but barrett what do you got for us uh this isn't a question from uh the the super chats and yes definitely uh, send those in i'll uh, try to compile them and send them uh mikey's way for the end of the show I want to ask you now, Mike, you know, as the, 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 the host of the show, what's your takeaway? I've, I'm actually been very fascinated all week. I've barely heard anything of yeah. like, what your feelings are about this. So I wanted to throw it to you. Oh, thanks, Barrett. I appreciate that. I was about to kick it to ads, but I'll give you my thoughts because it is really fun. Do you fun. want to give your thoughts after we uh, hear a word from our yeah, sponsors? There you go. That's what I was going to do. I'll give you my thoughts and opinions after a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by kindoffunny.com slash store. We've got two brand new drops for you this week. First, check out the Kind of Funny broadcast line. Old school telethons inspired this distressed design and collection for our annual Kind of Funny Day campaign, which includes a t-shirt, tote bag, and coffee cup. Our cozy collection, designed by Nick at Campfire Designs, is also available. Get nice and snuggly in your choice of a crew neck sweatshirt and joggers and a woman's cropped hoodie. These have been big hits with the team, and we think you'll love them too. Both collections are available for the next two weeks on kindoffunny.com slash store. Grab them while you can. Hey, for all of you watching and listening out there, that merch looks good. 
Go take a look at it. Maybe buy some pieces of merch. But also, Ferris and Cleve, you guys have had an incredible conversation about this. I love hearing you guys' thoughts and opinions. It's been awesome to see Khalif over on Unlocked sharing his thoughts with that team as well, seeing Paris and you on different spaces and different shows. I love hearing what everybody thinks. And it is a wild moment here where it's almost a head scratcher, right? Because I have so many thoughts and feelings. And what I actually am really excited about is playing armchair quarterback on the business side of things. I think there's some really cool things to talk about on the business side, but as a consumer and as Snowbike Mike, the person, right? There is a lot that goes into this. There is many things I want to kind of get out and talk about because yeah, there's one piece of me that says when I go home and I sit on the couch, I don't care about exclusives. I don't care about anyone. I'm just playing my games, right? And I hope that in a world we all could say kumbaya, there's no more exclusives. Everybody can play any game. That's a great world to live in because I'm not thinking about Joe Blow and what games he can and can't play over at his house. It's my time and I'm playing my games, right? But we do live in a world with exclusives and that's where I kind of have a weird head scratcher of the Xbox idea here because exclusive content is king regardless on the business side of things. That is why I'm buying your box. That is why I'm signing up to Game Pass and it is odd to me that we would give up our exclusives on the business side of things because that is why I'm going over and giving you my hard-earned money. Now, there's a lot that goes into this, of course, because, yeah, I have been a ride-or-die Xbox fan. I've been part of the Xbox One generation where we started to make a big digital library, and I am one of those people that maybe is concerned about my digital library in the future, but I haven't quite jumped to that moment, Paris, where, oh, man, my digital library is going to go tomorrow, right? These rumors have not got me to the point where I'm worried about that. I understand the slippery slope and where we're at right now, but as of today, my feelings right now is, hey, if you put Hi-Fi Rush, Sea of Thieves, Halo, Gears of War on any other console, that's fine because I'm playing mine. But I will look at you and go, well, then why should I be buying an Xbox next generation when I could be on the Sony side of things just playing Halo, Sea of Thieves, plus all the PlayStation exclusives that we know aren't coming this way. And it's really fun to look at the business side of things because my personal feelings are kumbaya lets everybody play anything. On the business side of things, I do wonder, what are you getting at? Because I think next week's message has to be clear. Like Khalif said, I think it's going to get messy here. And that is not what I want to see as a consumer. I need to know, hey, we're putting all of these games on other platforms and other consoles from this point forward or... We are sticking to the plan, and you can get the very best via Game Pass or the Xbox ecosystem. Anywhere in between, we're going to continue to have this cycle that takes the wind out of the sails whenever Xbox has a good first step, right? We talked about the Xbox Developer Direct and everyone cheering on Indie, Hellblade, and more, and then you just completely lose that lack of motivation and momentum on your side when now it's well, I don't know if Blade is going to be there. I don't know if Indy's going to be there because it could be on PlayStation. What's the point, right? And so I need from Phil and the team a very clear statement. I think that's going to be a tough one to do next week with everything that's happening because as a business, this is where I get excited, Khalif and Paris and everyone listening out there. As a business, this is where I get excited. I want to know what they're talking about in that boardroom because it is exciting, right? There is a, hey, you're in third place. You are so far behind that you have to now change up the model. You have to do something different than what has been, what it always been with exclusives. Come to this side or come to that side. They have to kind of play a different kind of ball that we're not really used to. And I'm excited to see what they do because 
You've probably tapped out the Xbox audience on console. You are showing now on the Game Pass side of things. We're probably tapping that out right now without getting a new set of audience. So for me, if we're putting other games on other platforms, that's awesome. You make money off of that. That's a big positive. I would hope that you would be putting games on those other consoles, maybe teasing the PlayStation Nintendo fans that don't have an Xbox to say, hey, if you like this $70 game, first time, third time, second time purchase, maybe you'll think to yourself, man, $70 a pop, I should sign up for Game Pass. I don't know if that's their angle, but I like that angle that you would go for. I think that's a very viable angle. But at the same time, when we talk about games like Halo, that player base would be bigger. The microtransaction dollars would be higher with more people in it. And I, as the consumer, would be enjoying it. But at the same time, I, as the consumer, would look at you and go, well, I guess I should be buying a PlayStation if we're going to go day and date on other things because I can play The Last of Us. I can play Horizon. I can play all these games plus Xbox. It doesn't seem to make sense for me. So that's where I get excited is the business side of things, Paris. And I want to bring you into this of like, what will Phil and the team say next week? What is that message? And do you think we will go full third party and be a publisher? Or do you think it is, hey, we're keeping this cut and clear. You get exclusives here. I think it's going to be a hybrid, but I, I definitely want to defer to Khalif because I know we're limited on time with him so he can get his perspective in here. But please take the floor, Khalif. But I, I want to circle back and talk about that. And I also want to talk about messaging as well, yeah. because I think that's important. But Khalif, please go ahead. Yeah, I'll keep it short and sweet. I think, like you said, we'll, we'll get a hybrid. I, I don't think that Microsoft is going to go full third party. I think they, if, if anything, it behooves them to, to do timed exclusives on some games. I think you keep some games in the pocket so that you make sure that the Xbox fan base knows that you're still going to get some exclusives. And then you have to finesse the conversation around the digital library stuff. You know, what does that mean for, for the other side of things? I think we'll probably see some additions to potentially to Game Pass because of, you know, if you bought it on a PlayStation, you bought, you know, you bought Halo on PlayStation, you pay full price for it, but you get it free with Game Pass, right? Like you'll, you, there has to be an incentive that I'm not going to say gouges the prices for the other for the other competition, but like puts it at their their base price point for every game that you put over there that's going to be in that space that makes sense that's going to be that carrot on the on the end of the stick to say like okay you're going to be able to get that experience but you're going to pay premium prices for it while on our box you're going to get that into day and date stuff you know you'll have the time exclusives uh, that move over but you'll get day and date on Xbox consoles. And then you might have to wait six months for that stuff, which I think really quickly is another big point of all of this is the conversation around exclusivity really only matters if it's day and date. If it's time exclusive, I don't think it really matters that much because to be fair, we have so many games in the ecosystem right now that most folks, if you're playing a single player game, you finish that thing within a, within a month and then that game is going on the back of the shelf, right? And you're on to the next experience. So it has less value the longer that that, that that moves if you're the person who got to play it first. So I think that's a big part of that conversation too that, that a lot of folks are missing in the exclusivity layer of it. But I, I, think, I think we'll get okay messaging that people will be mad about either way. Uh, and, and I think that that messaging will probably be timed exclusives Here's the games that are going. Here's the stuff that's not. And here's what your expectations should be moving forward for at least the rest of this year. Really quick, before we lose Khalif is right, Paris. Let's talk about it. Khalif, do you think this is a tweet, a video, kind of press conference style, or do you think this is an Xbox Wire blog post? How do It'll you convey be a video this and a message? Blog. Really? It'll be a video and a blog. Like, I think, I, think, I think you have to. Like, you can't just throw this on a website and, and have people read <laughs> no. this. 
because first of all, people can't read. Second of all, people who do read, they have bad reading <laughs> comprehension. And third of all, you have to make this as plain as possible for everybody in the space because the influencer folks are gonna capture this and the media is gonna capture it first. Try to distill it in the best ways that you can. And then the, 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 the mom and pops are gonna be able to go to the store and have a little bit of a better understanding when their kids are like, can you get me X game or X console? So you have to do a video and a Paris, we're going to sit and talk, you and I, for a little bit longer. So do you have any closing thoughts for Khalif or some final questions for him to get his closing thoughts out? Yeah, absolutely, because I want to bring him into this conversation about messaging, because I think it was our, our biggest disagreement privately on, on mm -hmm. how this works. I think he had some good points. I think potentially maybe I did, too. But I personally think that Xbox, Xbox's messaging since 2013 has not been great. And, and it's always been a very reactionary stance that they've had with a lot of things, especially when it comes to bad news and how you frame things. And I think the conversation Khalif and I were having that in this particular instance, okay, it leaks, leaks happen. You can't control that. So you do have to react to leaks. And I completely agree with Khalif on that. It, it is tough to be able to get in front of a leak. This is where I want to bring the developer direct back into it. Clearly, they've been having these discussions. Obviously, whatever this pivot is going to be has been in discussion for a long time. You should not have done that developer direct in January. If you knew that a month or two later, you're going to have a business meeting where you were changing whatever's happening. Again, we're going off a of rumor speculation. Hell, I could be completely wrong next week of what I'm about to say. But you give us good news. Oh, look, indie, you know, our uh, avowed, all, all this, this great stuff. Everyone's happy. Everyone's congratulating how great that developer direct is because it was. Again, shout out to Tina and her team because they do amazing work. Then you're going to follow up with bad news. You're going to follow up with things that you know people are not going to like. They'd have been better off. In other words, let's take our castor oil first. Let's just swallow it and get that done with whatever this is going to be. Then you follow that up with this developer direct that can now be aligned, whatever this new business business plan is going to be. Whereas the developer direct gave the impression that everything is still status quo as we would expect it to be as, as someone that's in the Xbox ecosystem. But obviously something about that is about to change. They'd have been better off waiting to do that developer direct post that in my personal opinion. So this is where, again, I'm saying, you have to read the room. You have to understand what your, your customers' expectations are going to be. Why do you think you, we've seen so many people extremely upset online this week? Because for some people who have been heavily invested into this ecosystem, they're taking these rumors almost like a betrayal in that way. Because they're like, well, you've been telling me this. You told me to get this box. You told me these were going to be exclusive. You told me Game Pass is great. All this value, which I agree with, by the way. But now you're telling me maybe it's not. Why? This is where now you need to explain it. You need to be clarify and be crystal clear in your messaging in whatever this business meeting is going to be. And I'll say this, and this isn't a promo for XCast. Come on, XCast. This is a me, Paris, the consumer. Whatever you say, there's going to be questions. I hope there's follow-ups to this where these questions can be answered because they're going to happen, right? So this is what I'm talking about with messaging. You, you have to stop being reactive to it, get in front of it, 
crystal clear, clarify what your stance is going to be so that your customers can understand whether they like it or not, but at least they know. And we don't see the wild speculation and doom and gloom that we've seen all week. Khalif. Uh I'll follow up with saying, first of all, I will be getting a plug for XCast and for Spawn on Me. Come on, XCast and Spawn on Me and talk about <laughs> and talk about all this stuff because we, we have good, good good conversation. I think the, the thing that I've always found a little bit hard is we don't know how long ago those conversations might have started and when they sparked. I think the thing that we have seen over the past couple of years, and especially in the last two years, is that things have pivoted a lot faster than we expect in the video game industry. That happens with messaging, that happens with layoffs, that happens with financials, that happens with all of the things that we've seen in the mix that have pushed push things a lot, of, a lot of different ways. So I can't fully say that Xbox is in the wrong for the way that they've been messaging certain aspects, even though over the past couple of years and starting, you know, they have been recovering since the Don Matrick era. Let's be yes. honest about that. They have been recovering since that era in terms of the messaging and in terms of the ways that they've been talking to fans about the work that they do. But I think it does really, again, this, as a consumer, this doesn't matter to you. But if you're thinking about the scuttlebutt and where we're at, it is really hard to get in front of a leak. And it is really hard to not be reactionary when you're, when you're doing corporate comms around a leak for information that you potentially didn't want to get out at the timing that you did. When you do want to share good news of like stuff that you're working on because the, the audience has been asking for it. The audience also has an expectation for it. That direct developer direct is a result of multiple asks from the community to be like, what do you have after a whole year where they didn't have a whole lot of stuff to show? So I think we're still on the back end of how do you showcase as much good stuff as you possibly can? And then what happens if you do get bad news in the ecosystem? The biggest conversation that needs to happen at Xbox is who's the rat? <laughs> that's, the, that's the conversation that needs to really get, get found out internally because all of the stuff that's getting leaked is causing infinite amounts of stress and strife for the brand. And it's causing all these other different versions of pivots that they then have to go and do a lot of extra work and person power to make sure that that that, that a conversation gets fixed in, in, in the zeitgeist, right? So that's a thing that I feel like needs to be a bigger conversation for them internally of like, how do we shore up a lot of these leaks? Because leaks happen all across all of the industry but they don't happen as much on the Nintendo side. They don't happen as much on the Sony side uh, for, for various reasons and that, I, that I know and don't know, right? But there are parts of those conversations that when we're talking about the way you talk to the fan base, yes, they could always do better. They can always be tightened up in a lot of different ways. But once something grows out here in a world that has 24-hour social media and everyone looking for the smallest bit of stuff, to be able to make and, and construe a whole other idea around something. We've seen it happen this week. This is the reason why journalism is really important. It's the reason why having smart people who can source good information is really important because we've seen the audience run unreasonably wild with m small tidbits of information that even if you think about it from a business perspective, don't add up, make sense, and actually play into the idea of what would happen from a business perspective. And then for Xbox to have to maneuver around unreasonable um, um, information that's being moved is another reason why reactionary comms are hard to not do uh, when, when you have that kind of stuff in the space. So I think, you know, I, I would say everyone gets a little bit of grace because it's hard to figure out how that works unless you're actually doing it. But also, we got to figure out a better way to have good information in the funnel and make sure that the information that's getting out there 
does actually have some factual basis to it. And then you got to give the teams the ability to, to, to react to that stuff, share the information they want to share. And then, then you have your ability to actually have good information that you can react to as a fan, as a, as a purchaser, as a consumer, uh, and make good decisions and, and not just go trade your, your Xbox in the day after you hear a thing. So, you know, lots of conversations within that space to, to, to dig into, and we'll have more of them next week, I'm sure, once, once all the, the actual meetings and stuff happen uh, publicly for Xbox and the rest of that team. So, work. I got to get him out of here on time. So we can continue doing great things. Of course, it's Khalif Adams from the Spawn on Me podcast and so much more. Khalif, tell them where they can find you talking Xbox and so many things, video games related. The only thing you really need to know is that February 29th, 6 p.m. PST, Spawn East 3 is going to be live in full effect from a place that you might be looking at right now uh, uh, and hanging out show for, for all of you folks at home. We have amazing guests. We have fantastic uh, hosts and presenters. We have a Grammy winner as our music guest this year. Uh, so make sure you're checking that out. And we have a lot of go- good stuff coming to you all at home. So make sure you go check out the Spawnies, uh February 29th, 6 p.m. PST on twitch.tv slash and on IGN for the first time ever. Thanks, Ka. We'll see you very, very soon. Me and Paris will continue the conversation, but as we switch gears and say goodbye to Khalif Adams, Paris, of course, I want to encourage everyone watching live on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, and of course, over on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. Right now, you can get involved in the conversation with your super chats, of course, your super comments, anything on Twitch and on YouTube via the chats. We're reading them. We're going to bring you in to the conversation as our director, Bear, on the ones and twos. We'll look for the good questions out there, so please feel free to be encouraged to talk and ask some questions. But, Paris, this allows you and I to can keep the conversation yeah. going. You talked about the messaging, right? And you have been a firm believer on Xbox has got to get in front of this. they got to have solid communications with their fans. And as of right now, they have not. Of course, they are, you know, probably going through a lot of steps to make sure the wording is correct, make sure they're in front of this the correct way, and really sell this to the audience to make them believe in their purchase and beyond. But... Bill and the team, they got a big task ahead of them. Do you think they can really land this plane and make us all feel good about this next week? I think they can. Um, I, I think clearly there's some very smart people um, over there that, that have been working on this and understand the importance of what this business meeting is going to be for the future of what Xbox is looking forward. Um, you know, when we talk about the business side of this, I get it. I really do. Um, I, I like to think I'm just a pretty logical person so I can see just this is what it is. I, I get it. Phil, a, last year on this very show, talked about how they're in third place, talked about how they lost last the, the digital, you know, the digital ecosystem race. They lost that last last generation. So it is going to be hard for them to catch up. He said, doesn't matter if Starfield's 11 out of 10, they're not going to out console PlayStation. We've heard him say that directly. So taking that into account, and we, we've seen that the Series X and the S has sold decent, but it hasn't sold great. It hasn't been, oh my God, we've seen this huge uptick in, in hardware sales. You know, their, their financials just, just came out, what, a week or so ago. So maybe they are looking at this. We just we almost spent $100 billion on publishers. How do we get that return on investment? How do we grow our audience when it comes to that? Clearly, part of that is, hey, maybe we put some of our games on the competitor's platform. 
but you have to be careful about how you message that to your current audience who has been there the entire time, who has been supporting you. These people that do show up to fan fest and all that, the people that do create these fan sites and podcasts and YouTube channels and create, you know, key art and, and all these, these wonderful things about this, this Xbox community that I personally love. You can't be ice cold to them as if, well, we already know we got you. We're just trying to get other people. You have to be sensitive to that audience. And that's what I'm saying. Whatever this meeting is going to be, you need to acknowledge that audience. You need to help them understand why you're making the changes that you're making. I, again, I personally don't care if a Halo or Gears or Forza or whatever showed up on a PlayStation. I personally don't care. But at the same time, I understand you're no longer Xbox. You're just you're just a publisher. You're you're Sega at that point. In my personal opinion, this is just how I personally feel about it. So I don't think I'm alone in that thinking. This isn't a fanboy thing, console war nonsense. This is none of that. This is just a well, you know, even though I can play like right now, even though I can play Xbox on my PC. I can stream it over the cloud. I can play it on the Rogue Ally and all these other places I can currently play my Xbox. Games, I should say. I still got an Xbox. There's one in that room right there on the other side of this wall and there's another one in the family room where me and my family play Xbox games. There are times where I just want to sit on the couch and play games. That's where my Xbox lives. I don't want to lose that. Is, is, I guess is what I'm trying to say here. Um, but things change. They, they do. Change is tough. Change is always difficult. We, 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 we take it fighting and screaming. But eventually, nothing stays static forever. This industry as we know it is changing. 100% is. So maybe this is them leading the way into that change. I'm willing to listen to what they have to say and try and understand it and rationalize it. I just hope Xbox doesn't lose their identity. I know I keep coming back saying that, but that's just how I feel about it. I want to make sure that when they announce that next Xbox, whatever it's going to be, I'm excited about it. I want to go get it. Not, eh, I don't need that. I just just get whatever the PlayStation 12 or whatever it's going to be, right? Eh, I'll just play on my PC. But to the point of everything that I've been saying, Mike, we're in the minority when it comes to having those kind of options. Now, there, look, $500, especially in this economy, is a lot of money. So when you decide to plunk down $500, you're trying to make sure you're making a, in a smart investment. So if you're telling me, again, all these games are on, on this one, one platform, but not all of them are on the other one, I'm just talking gaming in general, Right. I'm gonna pick the one where the game, all the games are. Why wouldn't I? That that just that's just smart as a consumer. So maybe they don't care. I don't know. Maybe they're like 70 30 cut getting games on PlayStation is good enough from a revenue standpoint. Maybe that's what they're thinking. We don't know. We will not know until they say it next week. But I just hope they're crystal clear in that messaging. Yeah. Whether the news is good, bad, or whatever it's, I think it's going to be something in between. But whatever the news is next week, just tell us. That way, as a consumer, you get to decide how you want to take that news and how you want to invest your money 
move forward. Forget what I say. Forget what maybe Mike. Mike Mike's great, but forget what Greg says. Definitely this is PC nonsense. But forget what the quote unquote YouTubers and the influencers and all these other people say. Forget what we say. You're the consumer. You get to decide. The only thing that I've said this entire time is wait until they tell you officially. Until then, it doesn't matter. And, and again, I'm not disparaging any of our colleagues in the industry because to, to be perfectly honest with you, I really wasn't paying attention to a lot of these rumors until I saw Tom Warren, until I saw Jeff Grubb actually say something because I obviously respect the things that they say and usually they're pretty spot on. But even in that respect, they're not 100% on it. A lot of the wording has been considering putting gears on, considering putting Halo on. They might do this, not 100% they're doing this. And this is why I've said, let's just wait. Let's yep. just wait and see. Because when Phil Spencer says it, I'm going to go off of what Phil Spencer says, or Sarah Bond or whoever, or Satya. Satya might be there. I'm going to listen to what they say because they're the ones that are making the decisions on it. Everything else is just leaks, innuendo, could be disgruntled employees. We don't know. So let's wait till next week. Let's see what the plan is to, to Khalif's point. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a hybrid of you're going to see some games go to the competitors platforms, but you're going to see some still stay exclusive, either permanently or in a timed window on the Xbox ecosystem. Let's see what they do with Game Pass. There's obviously been rumblings about that, that Game Pass itself might change. There may not be day and date for everything anymore. There may be various tiers of it. There might be an ad supported tier of it. We don't know until they tell us. And that's all I'm saying. At that point, then we can judge accordingly, decide what we like, decide what we don't like. And you can make an informed decision from there. Paris, that is so well said. You know that. And that is reality right there. It is a... A wild situation that we've been in. It, rumors have run wild, and people have acted out of pocket and a little wild out there for sure. Um, but yeah, like you said, you got to wait for the word, and then we'll go from there. But I think that's so well said of you wait, and then as the consumer, we will choose what's going on. And if they say, hey, Xbox games are coming day and date to PlayStation all the time, you know, that's going to be a big decision right there. It'll be very interesting to see where they want to go with this. But I always looked at it as... Yeah, they're considering this or that. We talked about this when they were making acquisitions, right? They were considering Nintendo, for all we know. They're looking at every business side of things to see what the right business move for them is. And it'll be interesting to see what they choose, what the brand identity is, Paris, because, yeah, to me, Xbox, what is the brand identity, Paris? We've talked about Master Chief and Forza on the back of the box, but I feel like, like I can really nail Nintendo and I can nail PlayStation, but Xbox... It's kind of a jack of all trades, a master of none. They have right. a lot of good things, but not a lot of great things. And they definitely don't have a, this is what you're coming for. Besides, you know, I don't know if the tech is enough when really at the $500 price point as an average consumer, both these boxes look the same. They run the same to me. They just have the games and I'm going to them regardless. And it's whoever has the games is right, Paris. So I'm excited to see. Let's jump into the Super Chats really quick and pull one over here from one Roger Picorni writes in with the $5 Super Chat and says, do you think that the future of Xbox might lie in Windows? Instead of making purely gaming boxes, maybe Xbox creates console-sized PCs. I don't think so, because I think you want to keep it as simplified as possible to have a device under your, under, in your living room. 
And if you start making basically a PC and everything that comes with that, it could get a little overly complicated. That is my personal opinion. Who knows? I mean, you know, there's even been crazy rumblings, obviously, about them licensing out Xbox hardware to like third party manufacturers, things like that. I mean, there's it's all over the place when it comes to that. This is why I say again, I think we need to wait and see what what they actually say, because I am pretty confident we're going to get another Xbox beyond this. Maybe that's something they even address um, in this meeting and, and tease out potentially. But um, we'll have to wait and see. Alejandro S. writes in with the $5 Super Chat for the first ever time and says, I don't see Microsoft just handing the hardware monopoly to Sony, nor is it good for consumers plus the dev side of things. Paris, that was one thing where PlayStation all by themselves, to me, is not a good situation, right? You like that competition. You like the back and forth between them. And of course, Nintendo is in the mix, but we've seen them create their own lane. But to hand off the hardware, to me, always felt like a very interesting idea of, man, you're really going to let them run wild with this. I, I thought the competition was good. Yeah, and that's the point I made uh, earlier. I'm pretty sure they want to keep a hand on the wheel when it comes to that. Um, and I would even go as far as you don't want it to just be, you rely on one single manufacturer to make console hardware because now there's no competition. No competition means you get to set the price at whatever you want. Maybe, maybe now you don't want to lose on, on, on console hardware at, at launch. Maybe now you're charging seven, $800 for it. Maybe you increase the actual pricing of games. Who knows at that point? So I, I think Microsoft wants to stay in that conversation as far as it goes with hardware. And again, like I said, pushing innovation forward with some of that stuff. Also, another wild one we've seen rumors now of the next generation of consoles as well, which I don't even want to get into with you, Paris, because <laughs> it is just a wild rabbit hole right, that right. the Xbox community on the Twitter side of things is currently in. I think if you are at home and you don't have Twitter and you have no idea about all these rumors, you're probably just sitting pretty playing your games, having fun. But there is a lot to discuss and a whole lot more because, of course, here at the Kind of Funny X-Cast, we're going to bring you all the Xbox news you need to know about each and every week. And next week, we will follow up whenever Phil and Team Microsoft talk. We are going to have the episode right afterwards, and we are going to talk all about that. So stay tuned. Once Team Xbox brings you the message, Kind of Funny X-Cast will be right there to break it all down with you, give you our thoughts, and then we'll ask those questions that you want to know about. Paris, Thanks for another great week. Uh, I've been a wild start to the new year, you and I. You know, we talked about how Xbox had a really, you know, we were moving, the dominoes were falling, and now we are just, we're here again, which leads me to continue to scratch my head. But you know what? I'm playing a lot of great games, Paris, and I can't yes. wait to talk games with you because, man, oh, man, as much as this stuff is weird, you should be out there playing games, y'all, because there are so many great games that I'm currently playing, and I hope you all are playing some great games. Halo TV show seems to be positive from Paris. I can't wait to watch and talk about it with you. And so, like, hey, there's some really good positive stuff to be aware of out there that I can't wait to talk with you all about on the following X-Cast. And beyond, Paris, thanks for being here today. You're incredible, my dude. Thank you, brother. And uh, looking forward to the next episode. We can discuss the aftermath. <laughs> you what know happens. it. We'll see you then, everybody. Thank you for watching live. And, of course, following us on podcast services. We'll catch you next week with the breakdown of what Phil and the team has to say.